Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Podcast! Let's all say our names. My name is Dan Landrum. I'm Barrett. And I'm Aaron. And this is the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. Can you say that? Dulcimer Big Podcast. <laughs> Pretty yeah, good. That was good. So today we're going to talk about playing music and telling stories and using our imaginations. Yeah. Like that idea? Yeah. So do you use your imagination sometimes? Well, sometimes I imagine climbing a tree and hitting my head and have to go to the doctor and be dead. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a crazy story. It's creative. It is very creative. <laughs> but that has never really happened to you, has it? So you just make that up? Yeah. In your own brain? Yeah. How does that work? Because I really like making up stories. Oh, you do? Yeah. Do you ever make up songs? Well, sometimes I make up songs, but time is silly because I love being silly. I think being silly is okay. Yeah. Do you think adults are ever silly? Uh, no. What? Really? Never? I've seen Aaron be silly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch this. Aaron can be silly right now. Aaron, let's make up a story together. There were three pink and yellow frogs. I'm going to go with frogs. And they were climbing a pipe that led to the net. And the net was big, they thought, and full of frogs. But when they got there, it was a netty pot. Then the frogs fell in the neti pot And everything was fine They swam around and it smelled good But then it got picked up And soon they realized That it was headed for Barrett's nose (gasps) What are we going to do now? And then All of a sudden Guess where they ended up What? Where do you think they ended up Barrett? In Aaron's nose. Oh, in Aaron's nose. Aaron's nose nose instead. What do you think they found in there? Frogs. More frogs. (laughs) What do you think the frogs did then? Well, then they cut a hole in it. They cut a hole in his nose? Yeah. Whoa. How? Did they get out? No. No, they just, like, they needed more air? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that's how you make up a story, isn't it? Yeah, do that story again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do more stories. Do you think making up a song is anything like making up a story? Well, I think Aaron's silly. <laughs> He's silly, isn't he? <laughs> How about you do a silly song, Aaron? A silly song. About mm. the three frogs in your nose. Okay, I got three frogs in my nose. I got... Three frogs in my nose. Ribbit, ribbit. I got three frogs and they're gonna cut a hole. Cause ribbit. I got three ribbit. frogs in my nose. Ribbit, ribbit. Nice. Now, did you see how all of that came together? Yeah. It had a story, and it had rhythm, and do that rhythm again. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Do do a different one. Yeah, we can make up another story. Yeah. yeah. How about three green frogs left in a bowl of soup 
poured into a mouth of a head. Wow, that's pretty good. Three green frogs leapt into a bowl of soup, poured into the mouth of a head. Yeah. What kind of head was it? What kind of creature was it? Uh, an octopus. Wow, now that gets interesting. (laughs) Yeah, an octopus. And an octopus has how many legs? Uh, eight. Eight legged octopus. Okay. All right. Mm. Go, Aaron. <laughs> You're the songs. I think today. it's your turn. Okay. Three green no, it's frogs. A, no. Is this yours? It's a, it's a story. Oh, it's a story. Oh, this one's a story. So, these three green frogs were swimming out in the ocean one day. And they got too far away. And they knew they were too far away. Do you know how they knew? What? Because they could not hear their mother yelling anymore, You're too far away! Ah. And they thought, now we are too far away. And then this big head appeared. And it opened its mouth. And what happened? It swallowed. Swallowed the frogs. And the frogs said, we thought this was soup. But it wasn't soup. It was the ocean. (laughs) Hmm. Now that they're inside this octopus's mouth, they thought, we probably need to figure out how to get out of here. How, did, how did they do it? He cut a hole in his, his mouth. Oh, okay. Frogs seem to be pretty good at cutting holes. They always yeah. pack knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I blame the schools. <laughs> <laughs> do you, bear? Yeah. 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 I've got everyone's holes in their heads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Bear, when you make up a story, can you think about what the parts are? How do you make up a story? How do you um, do that? How about we do a rhythm this time? You want to do a rhythm? Yeah. Okay. All right, you start clapping, and Aaron and I will do a rhythm with you. We'll make some noises to go with it, right? Teddy Chaba put a fuck. That was pretty complicated, yeah. Barrett. So I don't know if those of you listening could tell, but Barrett was doing the, his rhythms were the smaller sounding claps. Yeah. <laughs> and the others were Aaron and I following your rhythm. How did you get rhythm like that? That's pretty good for a four-year-old, my I'd papa, say. My daddy teached me. He did? Yeah. yeah. Can you tell them what we've been doing since a long time ago when you were little? How, when you rode on my shoulders, what did we always do? We always swam in the creek. No, we didn't always <laughs> swim in the creek. So here's this is a this this is something that I think has helped Barrett with his rhythm. Ever since we were able to communicate with each other and he could ride on my shoulders, when we walked, we always walked in rhythm, right? Yeah. And then we would make sounds when Barrett was learning how to make sounds, mm-hmm. and so we'd go ta ta ta. What else? Ta to da la la la. Ta. Da la la la. Chop for Miranda. Chop for 
Maran Visha. Uh, I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but we just made up sounds. We practiced all of our all of our sounds we could think of. Ta's and cha's and bees and bows and z's and za's and re's and ra's. How about we do another story about three frogs cut in a hole in someone's head. Well, a mysterious one. Whoa. Ooh, a mysterious head or a mysterious hole? A mysterious head. Ooh. Oh. Wow. What makes it so mysterious? Because it has eight legs in this. Eight legs in the head. From the head. And one mouth. Wow. And one tooth. Whoa. Two eyes and one nose. Two a two eyed, one nosed, one mouth, eight Eight legged. Yeah. And two ears. And two ears. It's very mysterious. And and feet who climbed up a mountain. (laughs) Whoa. So is the head just sitting on this? On these feet, it or does like it have it. a body? Oh, it's just it's just it's feet just on the bottom of a head. Cool. That would certainly be mysterious. Mm-hmm. I'd like for this mysterious head to have a name. It's called a mysterious. Well, <laughs> of course, a I mysterious ca- head. A mysterious head. How could I miss that? But we're supposed to figure out how. Who is it? So that's why it's a mysterious story. Oh. Oh, who is it? Hmm. What's mysterious head? Is there something else? Are we supposed to figure out what he does? No, we're supposed to figure out what's his name. Oh, that's the mysterious part. Okay. Mysterious head. He has eight legs. Well, we could work with the eight legs coming out of his head, which is kind of octopus-like. Mm-hmm. Right? Huh? One mouth. The rest of him sounds kind of normal. He had one nose, one mouth, two ears, two eyes, right? Yeah. Anything else special? There's only one special thing he had. There's only one special thing he ne- we never talked about. He has eight fingers. Whoa. Whoa. On each one of his legs? Oh, I forgot. One hundred fingers. One hundred fingers. Okay. <laughs> and sixty fingers. <laughs> and sixty fingers. Apparently, he has fingers that multiply. I know what he is. He's the mysterious multiplying head. Nope, it's not. Oh, <laughs> what is it? We have to figure out who it is. Hmm. What's his name? That's. This sounds like this story could take us a long time. Yeah. We can do that. We can do it, because we do it all the time, don't we? Yeah. You know, I think you get better at doing stories when you practice. What do you think? Good. Do you practice? Huh? What do you like to practice? Well, how about we just do that story? Okay, so, (laughs) I think it was a Tuesday when I was standing by the ocean, and up the beach came the funniest, most mysterious thing I'd ever seen. It was clump, clump, clump. And the two feet I could see were walking, but it was very short. And I looked, and it was just a head. And on the top of the head, guess what I saw? What? Eight legs, but they weren't legs used for walking. They were apparently just for fingers. And I was a little frightened at first because it was mysterious. 
Were you? No. No, no. of course not. So we walked up to it and said, excuse me, who are you? What did it say? Nothing. It didn't even speak? No. All it did was raised up its 60 fingers. Yeah. And wiggled them at us. Yeah. Wow. Did that frighten us? No. No? Why were we not scared? Because he just had one finger. Oh. Because we chopped only his five fingers. We, why Why is there so much chopping in these stories lately? <laughs> because I like chopping off fingers. Oh, you do? <laughs> You're in a frightening mood today. Yeah. Let's tell a story, a fun, sweet story about bunnies and cucumbers. With no Ew. chopping, unless the cucumbers. We could just chop off them. The cucumbers? Yeah. Could mm. we make like a salad? Yeah. Okay. Or we could chop off their heads. No, nope, not done with that. Only if it's cabbage. <laughs> yeah. But but it's how about we just chop off their heads? <laughs> how about we just chop off a bunny's heads? Oh goodness. <laughs> goodness, Barrett, I'm not sure about this. Tell you what, let's get back to music for a minute. Do you know what your papa and your friend Aaron Okay, we're dead. Okay, no wait. Do you know what we do for jobs? No. What do you think we do? Play stuff. Play music? And sing songs. Sing, we don't sing songs a lot, but we like to sing songs. Do you sing songs? Uh, well, only thing I do is uh, I just play soccer. Oh, you play oh. soccer? Is that your job? Yeah. Who's your coach? Papa. That's yeah. right. He was gone yesterday, but my dad was... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, do you have any songs you could sing for us now? No. Oh, you don't have to. How do we just go back to playing? You want to go back to playing? Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about some instruments that you're learning to play? Well, I'm learning to play drums. Yeah, that's really? right. We've been working on drums. What else? Well, how do we just play musical stuff? Musical stuff? Can you think of some other instruments we've okay, practiced? Okay, we're done. <laughs> Are you tired of podcasting? Yes. Okay, you have to tell everybody goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. All right, and you can go in there and hang out with Nana now. Happy you guys come too. Well, we're going to finish our podcast. Yeah. Well, I just, well, I'm not going to really go. I just want to play with coins and then come back really fast. You can come back when you're ready. We'll just podcast for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, folks, I don't know where all of the uh, the chopping themes came from, <laughs> but this is improvised, and obviously you can't plan what you're going to do with a four-year-old. Yeah, where did cutting heads off of bunnies come from? I'm not really sure. It's just did frightening have, me just Did a he have a bad Easter experience <laughs> or something? <laughs> you know, kids, seriously, if they do something and see that it gets a little rise out of you, they follow Okay. And, yeah. I mean, they're just going to like, hey, that one worked. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to do that again. That sounds very uh, much like improvising when you're playing music. I was going to say performing. Like, oh. Oh, hey, they like that. <laughs> it did, it really um, does work. Yeah. 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 No, actually, I think that's kind of, that whole experience was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. And cute. Except for the scary part. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this whole thing about being comfortable and improvising and mm-hmm. writing music mm-hmm. and I, I just think what we experience just then is the key to how you do it. Right. It's, I agree. Yeah. It's 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 a tough thing to stress um in in workshops when you when you're trying to get people comfortable. Um, I find it, it's usually easiest to, to lay a few rules down like, or, or set certain parameters, uh, to give them a, a bit more of a safe space to operate. Um, instead of just saying, okay, go, go ahead and improvise something. But even still within like these certain, uh, uh, you know, really safe set of notes. Sometimes it's, it's tough to, to really try to get people to, um, not try and come up with the coolest thing they possibly can <laughs> right. using those few notes. And especially when you're, when you're working with, I mean, uh, when you're talking to a four year old, you don't have time to think no. <laughs> It's like there's a story coming out or there's that's a song right. coming out. And I think that that's, that's a really great exercise in itself. If you would call it that or playtime. Well, uh, <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think the elements are similar if a kid, if I was setting up a story for him, I wouldn't, you know, for a barely four-year-old, by the way, just just mm-hmm. turned four, I wouldn't say, so, there were these three letters from the table of elements. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I would, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't introduce something that they know nothing about. Right. To, and then say, can you riff on that now? Yeah. Because <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. know what riff means either. But I think that's the same way if the, the basics are really important. So the mm-hmm. basics in a kid's life are, mm-hmm. are, are frogs and spiders and trees and climbing and, and chopping. And apparently chopping. Yeah. <laughs> Vivisection. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not sure, but don't have any control over that. So you just got to go with it. But I think the basics for improvising, I would say the most basic thing for improvising, I'm, I'm tempted to say is a drone, but I would. I'm going to go with a pentatonic scale. Okay. Because you can almost always do something with it. Okay. What else? I'm I'm not saying that definitively, but... I mean, the the two uh, things that that I usually use to introduce improvisation are pentatonic scale and also uh, just a a basic blues scale. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's really funny. Uh, in improvisation classes, especially doing the blues thing where we're not working out of a song, I just go, okay, uh, I'm going to play, I'm going to play something behind you and you're just going to stick to those notes, play any, anything you want. There's a, there seems to be a pretty direct relationship. Oh, hey, Bear. <laughs> what do you say? Let Bear, let uh, Aaron finish telling his story. So there's a pretty direct relationship between how nervous someone is about improvising and their happiness having done it oh yeah 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 what do you have there buddy coins why did you bring us some coins so you can buy some money <laughs> you can buy some money yeah very good it's a good system you know what those are a little bit noisy for the podcast we're trying to do can you take those back to nana yes thank you buddy but she was not in there she was not in there oh you better find her Hopefully, there hasn't been a mysterious creature that has pulled How her about to the we beach. go try and find her? You better go try to find her. Close the door for me when you head out. Okay. So, 
can you you want to elaborate on that? I mean, their nervousness has to do with their happiness. Well, I think it's it's like most things. The more nervous you are about something, or for me generally, the more nervous I am about something, the ha- happier I am having done that thing or having accomplished having it. Having had done it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the more impossible a task seems, the more thrilling it is to actually accomplish it. And I think for for myself anyway, improvisation always seemed like a bit of a mystery. Like, mm-hmm. how do you do that? And I think that's the case for a lot of people I talk to. How do you know? Do you just have all these notes memorized in your head? Like, kind of. How do you, <laughs> like, do you have the solo memorized? How do you know that that's going to sound good? But then when they learn just a few simple tricks to get them going in that direction, yeah. it's uh, when it feels what when it appears to be so impossible or beyond your skill level, it's that much more exciting to have that skill in yeah. your tool belt. And you practice it. I think you practice. I practice most things as uh, how do, as an. I like the word rudiments, but it's not even in, in the, the percussion rudiments. That's not what I'm talking about now. But to play, a, I would call a pentatonic scale a rudiment. It's something that you need to have. Mm-hmm. You need to know what it sounds like <clears throat> and get used to it. Know where you can find them all over your instrument. Know what mm-hmm. a major one sounds like. Know what a minor one sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but know that that's not the end. That's one thing you're trying to get. Right. One that I've been working on lately is... Uh, I mentioned this to you a few days ago. I've been practicing stacking minor thirds. Just doing a minor third run that goes as high as I can make it go and make it come back down again. It's very cool. Okay. (laughs) And also stacking whole tones also, Mm -hmm. which again is not something that you would do normally on a diatonic based instrument like a mountain dulcimer or hammer dulcimer. But I have to tell you just two days ago, I discovered the pattern for stacked minor thirds on the hammer dulcimer is pretty darn simple. Never would have known it if I hadn't said, I'm going to try this, you know, from, mm-hmm. so you're going to start hearing that when I'm soloing. <laughs> nice. Because some of these kinds of things work. I mean, you can't really say they work regardless of the chord that's being played, but because they do move across chord changes, they sort of do. Stacking minor thirds, isn't that just diminished? Yes. Yeah. Yes, but to think about doing a a diminished chord, Mm -hmm. you have to think about the chord and all the theory and everything behind it. If you, I'm not sure if what I'm about to say is true. Okay. But I think there's probably only two stacked diminished scales. I mean, stacked minor third scales. Okay. Just like the whole tone scale. And I honestly don't know if that's true, but it's something I noticed when I was practicing the other day. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to map it all out and see if it really is true. Do you know? Uh, no. I you know don't. how there's two whole tone scales? Right. There's only two. It depends on what note you start on. Right. If you start on a D or if you, mm-hmm. st- if you start on a C or if you start on a C sharp. A whole tone scale being a scale where you're just playing nothing but whole steps. Nothing but whole steps. Like, so for mountain dulcimer players, if you can imagine a dulcimer... Where, uh, as opposed to our our normal fretboard, where we've got this mixture of large spaces and small spaces, imagine a fretboard that's nothing but large spaces. That's right. Yeah. It would sound really funny to you. Yeah. 
because it's our ears just not used to it. But mm-hmm. when you're listening to really good improvisers, they use that technique a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it just creates this yeah. sense of it's like, wow, the thing's launching into outer space right. because it moves so far. And to uh, give something similar to what Aaron did for the mountain dulcimer, thinking about a hammer dulcimer in your white, black, black, white setup, if you started at a white, you go up to the next black, that's a whole step. Up to the next black, that's a whole step. But now you've got a problem because up to the next one's a half step. So you have to know how to move down and over to the left for what we would call the flatted five or the sharp four to pull that in. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you have to know where the next whole tone is, the whole step, which is going to be doing that same thing again. You have to, so you move in a funny direction, mm-hmm. but, it, but it's a pattern that once you learn that pattern, you can move that pattern down and then it's going to take you all the way up and to the right to another white mark, mm-hmm. up way back up on the base bridge again and start the thing again. So even though it seems kind of unfamiliar, it's once you learn two or three patterns, I'm, ex- I'm this stuff excites me about hammer dulcimer because there's just so many possibilities. I don't want to quit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So back to improvisation and mm-hmm. being a kid. Um, <laughs> you know, there, yeah. I think there's some merit to, um, uh, well, just at risk of being a little too autobiographical. Um, uh, I haven't known that I've gone 31 years without knowing how to swim. And, <laughs> and as an adult, I always felt like it was harder. I went through this phase in middle school and high school, like being super embarrassed about it. And, uh, but something happened from playing music and, and actually teaching, uh, dulcimer quite a bit where I saw this kind of fear that some people, especially in, in private lessons, sometimes it takes a little while for people to relax. And I get that, but there's also this part of me that's like, if you would just relax, I'm not judging you. <laughs> like, I don't say that I'm you know, much nicer and laid back, but like, <laughs> but there's this part of me that wants yeah. to go, I'm not judging you. <laughs> it's okay. Like well, I'm here to help. And, uh, and I kind of made that, this decision, uh, in the pool recently where, uh, it's with, a um, uh, friend's family and they have two uh, young kids, a four-year-old and a six-year-old and there are a lot of adults hanging out around the pool and I just decided I'm not going to be that student now. I want to jump in and so I told the kids like uh, it's like, wow, you, you're good swimmers. How do you do that? I don't know how to swim. And then they got over this this shock like, well, you're an adult. Why don't you know you how to know swim? Everything. And then it, it just turned into sheer enthusiasm yeah. of like their goal was to teach me how to swim. That's so cool. And it was cool. But uh, so I just started asking them questions. Well, how do you hold your hands? Like, well, how do you know if you're doing it right? What do you do with, with your legs? And uh, and then by in just a few hours for the first time in my life, I was not sinking. I was actually moving forward in the water. And it you was swam. Kinda, yeah. It was, you were swimming. It was amazing. But well, it, they... it took a, a really conscious decision of like, of going... I'm not going to try and be cool right now. I'm <laughs> did they have any specific advice for you? They did. Um, uh, when it came to kicking with the legs, they said, don't break the noodle. And so I tried swimming and they said, you broke the noodle. And I went, okay. And so uh, <laughs> then I just tried keeping my legs straighter and they said, 
you're not breaking the noodle. And then <laughs> they had to, they did specify a noodle before it's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> so, like with working with kids, mm-hmm. there is some theory you do need to know going in. <laughs> right. <laughs> the theory there would be the dry noodle theory. Right. Yeah, I think. It, uh, it was it was confusing because we were in a pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the noodles are generally like wet. The, yeah. Yeah, and they have noodles that they play with. Right. Those 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 things. Yeah. So Still sticking with your theme of uh, not being judgmental, mm-hmm. I, I think like with, with Barrett, what you see is they're not judgmental of themselves either. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Right, yeah. I mean, that just, you've got to just go with it and try. Now, I think as parents, and this isn't a parenting show or a grandparenting show, but I think they're non-judgmental until we teach them to be judgmental of everything. Right. So that's why even when, you know, when the, I would rather my four-year-old grandson, who's the sweetest kid on the planet, not talk about chopping nails. <laughs> <Right. laughs> that would make me happier. <laughs> However, you can't, as a, as a teacher, allow, allow that to have you mess them up. And I have an example of that with music. Yeah? That, yeah. A piece that I wrote. It's relatively complicated. Yeah. I was at a festival and uh, students performed and one of the students performed a piece that I wrote. Oh. It was hard <laughs> because it was, there was just a lot of, it needed work. Yeah. You know, it needed work. Mm-hmm. But it would absolutely have been the wrong thing for me to do to go up and be all critical about it. Yeah. You know, after it was done or while while it's happening. No, don't do it like that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, because and it was funny. I remember sitting there thinking this feels like being a parent because it's one of my children mm-hmm. kind of acting up on stage mm-hmm. right now and not presenting itself like I want it to be presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just think it everything is similar to everything else on yeah. some level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm feeling just a little nervous talking about it right now because who knows if that student's listening, but this happened years ago, so. Well, I I, I don't know. And I, I only uh, said nice things, by the way. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, um, uh, not, not to contrast too much just for the sake of, I don't know, uh, being contradictory. <laughs> being a guy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I remember I, I had kind of a similar experience um, with with actually this has happened a few times with uh, um, with a, a few a few teachers and I was really I was kind of excited that they wanted to learn a piece that I had written um, and every single in every single one of those cases I I would usually think like I think that technique might hold you back from uh mm. from actually accomplishing this piece specifically um the way that that i wrote it but i think the kind of the more dominant feeling that i got was like wow these people actually want to learn one of my songs that's awesome yeah. like that's that is awesome. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah no no i mean th- there's that as well mm-hmm. yeah so anyway uh we, we may have milked all we can from this improvisational experiment all right so three frogs <laughs> Your song was great, by the way. Oh yeah, I know. Was, I'm kidding. It was really cool. Listen, stuff that I was really proud of 
was him kicking in with the rhythm stuff. Right. The rhythm thing we did. Uh-huh. Did you notice that last phrase, how long it was? Yeah. And he got the right number of beats. Yeah. Well, I remember when he was a when he was younger, when he was walking on your shoulders and yeah. he'd be walking along. Da da da. Right. And he'd repeat it back in time right. with with the steps and I thought that that's really cool. It that's is gonna cool. go far. And it has. It's yeah. stuck. And I'm doing that with Gwen and she's already doing it cool. and singing. Just listen, folks. Skip having children. Just be grandparents. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to skip <laughs> the middleman, so yeah, to yeah. speak. Just, just jump right to Yeah. All right, well, I guess we'll end this now. Well, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>